Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. People say ain't no good and I'm crazy as a loon Cause I shave my head in the morning and pick guitar in the afternoon Just like old Chief and Charlie I like to lay around in the shade well, I ain't got no money, but you better believe I got it made. Cause I ain't asking nobody for nothing. If I can't get it on my own. If you don't like the way I'm living, just leave this bald-headed country boy alone. What's up, folks? Thank you all for tuning into the Josh Terry podcast. If it sounds weird, it's because I'm in my fucking living room. The air <laughs> is out at the studio. And of course, today of all days, I get to meet a badass in Nashville last week that you guys already know. And uh, I'm excited to show you like the studio and just like the vibe and how cool it is. And I get back yesterday and it's 100 degrees in the son of a bitch. And I already had Ashley Cook on earlier today. But now I got you, Mr. Chad Prather. How you doing, brother? I'm good, buddy. You know, that sucks when it's 110 degrees outside and AC goes out and you're not even home to know about it. Uh, Yeah. I, and there's no telling how long it's been out. I've been gone since the previous Saturday. Jeez. I, uh, I've been in Nashville now for two weeks. I hadn't been home in a month. And I sent my girlfriend by my house, which is, which is North Houston, Texas. And I said, hey, go by there and check on things. And she said, it's, it's 100 degrees in your house. And so AC had frozen up, had to get somebody out there. I mean, I'm, I'm paying a power bill on a house I'm hardly even living in. That's a bitch. Dude, I was sitting here a while ago, and it's like, I'm already moving anyway. I'm moving a little bit closer to Nashville. Um, I love where I'm at down in Georgia. I'm closer to my daughter. But it's just, it's, I'm, I'm never home. It's no sense yeah. in paying for a commercial property in a house every month. And, I mean, there, there's, just no, there's just no reason to it, and I'm on the road all the time. So I feel I feel you on that, dude. This shit sucks. It's brutal. Brutal. We finally got a little rain in Texas this week. I think it rained for about 10, 15 minutes. I think that's the first time we've had any in two months. So <laughs> I was I was doing live shows in San Diego last weekend. I came to Nashville from San Diego, and that's when that Hurricane Hillary came through. And, you know, they kept calling the hurricane. And, and I said, well, in 49 other states, they call that rain. Um, <laughs> it, you know, wasn't much of a hurricane and you know just typical hillary she didn't she didn't blow she sucked and yeah. uh but you know hillary fashion 100 percent. but it's good it's good hanging out with you man you could too yeah we got a hurricane coming through and in georgia the whole fucking place loses their mind when we <laughs> even get like a chance of a hurricane and it dude our schools are already canceled here and the thing hadn't even hit florida yet yeah yeah you know i grew up uh i grew up in augusta georgia and I went to school, University of Georgia, and I can remember when I was in high school. Of course, this was this was a long time ago uh, when Hurricane Hugo came through. We didn't know if it was going to hit and come inland on us, and we got a lot of storms off of it. It ended up hitting, you know, around Hilton Head, South Carolina. 
And uh, I remember even then, man, people just losing their minds. And that was as far in as, like I said, Augusta, Georgia. So, you know, everybody loves a good storm. Well, dude, I didn't know you from – I didn't know you grew up here. I grew up in Eastman. I'm, so about two – Yeah. How old are you? I'll be 51 in December, so I'm 50 oh, years old. Shit, you're not 51. Dude, I look good for 50. I'm an old God. man. I'm half 100. Uh, you look good, 51. I look like shit for 35 now. Thanks a lot. I was like, this dude is at best 42. Holy shit, stud. Moment. No, I'm 50. I, I'll, uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I said, you know, a lot of people, they got to know me years ago through doing, um, you know, I'd sit in my truck and, and with the cowboy hat on and I would talk for a minute or two about things that was going on in life, had the dog in the back seat and stuff went kind of viral for me back in 2015. And, you know, it put me on the road doing live shows of comedy and music and things like that. And, and I tell people, I say, you know, at 50 years old, I, I don't even think I really knew who I was until 42. You know, be, people out there trying to figure out their life and their direction for life and who they are and what to do with their life. And uh, it took me forever, man. And so now a lot of times people, you know, they'll introduce me as an Internet sensation, which I say is a 21st century way of saying I'm unemployed, but I'm popular. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm like, bro, I'm like a goose. I just wake up in a new world every day and keep on going, thankful to be alive and, you know, keep on rocking. So I feel good for 50, man. It's a it's a it's a reality, though. And I, I tell people, I said, I'm older. I know I'm not old. I'm just older and things things aren't falling off yet, but they are falling apart. You know, I can still do all the same stuff I used to do, but I just have different results. Like I can still, I can still masturbate, but it gives me heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, yeah. Uh, <laughs> dude, I didn't, I didn't realize. So I took off on social media, like probably or close to the same time that you did. So probably yeah. 2016, 2017, but it was over Snapchat and some other shit. Uh, I used to be called a bearded bastard. Then I got hired by country radio. And then when I got hired by country radio, they were like, no, you can't be called bearded bastard on here anymore. <laughs> so like I had to tone it down a little bit, but I found like my niche in it. You kind of navigated the waters before anybody else knew how to fucking do it though. Well, it's funny. I know a lot of people now that are social media influencers who kind of credit me with, with doing something as simple as I did at the time, you know, I had done radio, I'd done country music radio. And then I started doing television and I was hosting a travel show on a cable network that nobody was watching, but I did three seasons of that. I went viral during the first season of that. So I always tell people, you know, as a comedian, my career is different. It's exactly backwards than what most comedians do. Most comedians start out doing comedy clubs and then they'll do some theaters when they build a little bit of an audience. And then they start doing social media, which grows. And then it turns into TV. I was doing TV, which led to a big social media uh, push, you know, and, and the virality of it. And then I started doing big theaters because I had a built in audience. And, and these days I enjoy going out and doing comedy clubs. You know, um, I don't have to do them, but I like to do them. And um, but I've incorporated a bunch of stuff. You know, I've always tried to I, I grew up on music, you know, country music. I tell people that I come from a family of musicians, but I'm the least musician of all of them. And I come from a family of cowboys and I'm the least cowboy of all of them. But I'm the only person in my family that was ever able to take those two things and make any damn money with it. So, uh, you know, I've always taken music and I said, you know, I can tell a joke, but what if I can sing a joke? And so I started writing funny songs years ago that kind of had a country, you know, twist to it. And uh, it's a lot of people, they look at me and they say, you know, what is it do you do? Do you do music? Do you do comedy? Do you do, 
you know, I do a lot of political analysis, podcasting and commentary and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I just, shit, I just do it all, man. Whatever, whatever floats my boat that well, day. Well, you're an entertainer. I mean, that that's where like I picked up on it a long time ago. You can't be a one trick pony if you want to be in entertainment. Like you got to be able to do it all. You got to be well versed in a lot of stupid shit just to be able to make a life out of this. And you got to be able to take some of the worst days of other people's lives and turn it into find a positive in it. And it, it, it yeah. is a special thing. Like it, it is a talent that I don't think most people could do, do it. Like there's people like me and you that only can do one thing as far as being it like TikTokers or Instagrammers, whatever. They're good at one thing. But if people like me and you, we can sit here and we can do bullshit like this and make it entertaining. We can go do a live show in Nashville and it'd be entertaining. Folks don't yeah. realize how hard that is. And the fact that you still do comedy clubs, that's something I've always wanted to do, but I, I don't really know if it's for me or not. I just like kind of getting loud and obnoxious. But uh, when you said that, you made me think of somebody. So there's this person, and they I have to say person because they're one of them non-binary fucks. And I I don't know what I'm supposed to call them, so I'm just going to call them a person. They call themselves on TikTok and shit, Lucky the Comedian. This person hates me. This person despises me, and I don't know why. All they all she does or it does is get on there and talks about how men can't fuck and all this other shit. And, it, and it's just the trashiest. It's the set that you think a non-binary person will get up there and bash on somebody, a straight male or straight female, right? And there's some stuff that I posted on TikTok, and I've got a, a bigger account on TikTok, and I don't know how. And, like, this person just started commenting on videos, like, bashing me and shit. And they were like, yeah, if you want to come see me, I'm booked all the time. And uh, I went and looked at their stuff, and each one of them was open mic nights. And, like, <laughs> you, you would be one of the ones that I would give an example to to this person that they're listening because they still listen to my shit. And it's like, this is the difference between a person getting paid to go do shows and you being yeah. fully booked at open mic nights right here. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, there's two things that I take away from what you just said. One, uh, and, and as a general life lesson to your listeners, I will say this, you know, those people out there that like to jump on those, those trolls that like to bash people who are doing their thing. I mean, you know, you just mind your own business, you do your own thing, and, and then kind of put yourself out there and let the world judge it. The people that want to get on there like that person, uh, is always they're always insecure and jealous of people who have confidence. You know what I mean? And 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 for you to get on and do what you do boldly uh is offensive to them because they can't imagine anybody being that that sure of themselves. And you know, the other thing is when I started doing live comedy. I'd been on stage my whole life, you know, doing a bunch of things. And, and, but when I started doing comedy, I said, well, I don't want to go out there and say, Hey, look, I'm a, I'm an internet sensation. I'm some viral guy that everybody wants to meet and see or some shit like that. I wanted to actually respect the craft of comedy because, absolutely, thank you know, you. you know, you have these social media people and they get a bad rap. Um, not as bad as it used to be, but they get a bad rap from the comedians who have kind of dug their way up in the trenches, doing the open mics, doing the clubs, taking whatever gig they could get. I mean, doing a, you know, a fucking pool party if they had to. But uh, they looked at these guys and said, man, these guys haven't earned their dues. And so I didn't want to be that guy that just came out and said, look at me. You want me to sign a T-shirt or something? I wanted to respect the craft of comedy. And so 
Uh, I've tried to do that, you know, and and so these folks out there that call themselves comedians and I, I listen, I'll be honest with you, Josh, I'm still real hesitant after 10 years of doing it, of calling myself a comedian. I call myself a human, you know, I call myself a humorist or a, a storyteller or something like that. And a lot of my comedian friends tell me just to knock that shit out. They're like, bro, at this point, it's false humility. I mean, you're doing it. And so, um, you know, it, it's an interesting thing because there is a craft to it. I mean, I would never look at somebody you know, slinging a guitar around, pretending to, you know, pretending to get up there and sing songs if they're not capable of doing it and then calling themselves a country music singer or writer. When you and I know some folks that are actually out there doing it, it's an insult to them. So it's uh, it's interesting those people online, though. They're a pain in the ass. Dude, I'm the same way. I I have to all the time. Like, people will be like, hey, you need to try this when it comes to comedy. Yeah. And it's like, no, because my number one guy of all time is Richard Pryor. And Chappelle yeah. is Chappelle is right there. I can't put together a bit in my head in paper. It doesn't matter as good as they could. And then I hear people trying to do it that just had a, a following on social media. And it's yeah. like, do you realize that you don't compare? Like somebody that's actually paid their due. A Joey Diaz will never be the most famous person on the planet, but he's one of the most funniest sons of bitches you could ever come across. Yep. They had to pay those dudes in shitty clubs and everything. The same way I get mad about internet, not internet sensations, these TikTok folks all of a sudden who think they can do country music. That yeah. aggravates the shit out of me. The same way that like I get mad at the people thinking they can do comedy. I hold them both and both in the same highest of regard. And watching people shit on it, getting out there and just thinking, oh, because I had a following, I'm going to be accepted and I'm going to be funny is bullshit. It aggravates the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, my thing is I'm for people trying everything. Like, like if you, you want to jump out of an airplane, jump out of a damn airplane. Um, you know, you, the, the, everybody starts somewhere. And and I say do it, but but this idea that you know I go jump out of an airplane and and I'm and I'm like you know my guy that was a you know force recon marine with eight deployments and he's jumped out of a airplane you know jumped out of an airplane parachuted into the desert you know and I'm like I'm not gonna put myself up against that so I kind of see it as that same thing it's like one of the things I wrote a book that came out in 2020 called Am I Crazy and in that book. Uh, I tell people, I said, get the book just to read the intro, because I talk about what social media does to people. It, it gives people a platform and whether they deserve it or not, everybody, you, you, you create an account, you got a platform. Right. But it gives people this false sense of authority. Like now I have a voice and I can say whatever the hell I want to say and I can pretend to be an expert and people better listen to me or I'm going to get pissed off because everybody on the Internet is an expert. And I say the problem is there's no accountability and there's no responsibility to go with that voice or that platform. So people all have this pseudo false sense of celebrity that, that everybody's supposed to be listening to them. And uh, it leads to some dangerous places sometimes, but it definitely leads to a pompous asshole society oh, that uh, everybody Great. thinks they deserve to be heard, you know? And um, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line to walk. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've been at Red Door and I either been with Bobby or somebody else late at night. And you'll have yeah. this pompous ass walk in. And and like you'll hear somebody not saying that Bobby's ever said this, but you'd probably get a good idea if he had. But like you'll get somebody that's like, why does that person walking around like they own this fucking place? 
Yeah. And then like, you'll go look them up and they got a couple hundred thousand people that follow them on TikTok or something. And it's just like, how do you think that you're more important than the person that's sitting right here? That's got 10 number ones as a songwriter or somebody yeah. over in the corner that's got number one hits. And they're just, they don't want the acknowledgement. They're just trying to be an everyday person. But you like that false sense of celebrity drives me batshit crazy yeah. with people. I've uh, you're talking about Bobby, you know, you're, you're talking about Bobby Pinson. I mean, he's, he's one of the best songwriters that's ever lived. Oh, and I've seen people walk up to Bobby. I've seen people walk up to, to one of my buddies and partners, Chris Wallen, who's multi-platinum and various others. And I've seen these people walk up and they start almost kind of telling these guys how great they are. Right. And, and I've heard Bobby tell me before, he's like, you know what, you do your thing and I'll respect you. Uh, why don't you let me tell you if you're great or not, rather than you come tell me how great you are right off the bat. And, and that's the difference is, is let other people sing your praises. That's why I say humility goes a long way in this day and age. And uh, just, you know, you might be the best thing in the world, but I promise you there's a guy, there's a gal, there's somebody serving beer down the road here in Nashville. That's a better fucking singer than you are. Absolutely. It, and you, you'll never hear of them. You'll never know it. And they may never get a shot, but I guarantee you, you ain't as good as they are. And that could be any random bartender in this town. You ain't dude. You ain't lying. Uh, I got to see somebody get so humbled last year. Do you know what Creative Vets is in Nashville? Yeah, yeah. I, one of my favorite organizations uh, ever. So, like, we play in their golf tournament um, every year or for the past two years. Last year, we're at the taco bar getting food after we get done. Everybody's got a good buzz and all this good shit. This girl, I guess she's a younger social media person. She comes up and gets right in front of Aaron Lewis. And she introduces herself to Aaron Lewis. And she has no idea who the fuck Aaron Lewis is, not whatsoever. And he couldn't have been nicer about it. Like, could not. And this is like me not knowing Aaron behind him in the bar, just, oh, shit, I'm standing next to fucking Aaron Lewis. Like, right now, I just, right. And, and everything. Like, I'm even fangirling because I'm such an Aaron Lewis fan. <laughs> and this girl, and like the whole time, and he walks away. And I, and I said to him, I was like, he, she had no idea who you were. And he's like, you get that sometimes. But the girl, we everybody went and sat down to eat. About five minutes later, this girl walks up back to him, embarrassed as hell, <laughs> apologizing. And he couldn't have been, he couldn't have been nicer about the whole situation. But it was just like some of these people you just don't ever realize in Nashville, particularly, you just don't ever know who the hell you're standing next to. And that false sense of celebrity or whatever. It's like you you just don't know. You're making yourself look like an ass to people for no fucking reason. Yeah. You know, for, for years I've been coming to this town and uh and also, you know, going out to places like uh well, yeah, I was gonna say going out to Hollywood, you know, I used to do a lot of writing for for the sitcoms and stuff like that and almost had my own sitcom, you know, if I hadn't have been a conservative guy and then COVID hit, I'm you know, might have been on TV now. But um the um you know, you go out there and you, you see these, let's take Nashville, for example, you see these really cool, good looking people get on stage, man, and they just blow people away. And you don't understand the team of nerds that are behind these fuckers that made them that way. You know, the, the people that, that, you know, the, the guys in the, and just the dorks that are back there writing these great ass songs and doing these incredible, you know, uh, the work behind the scenes. And it's like, you don't, you're exactly right, Josh. You don't know who you're standing next to. And that's one of the things why I say, man, 
And you, you never know. You, you better just mind yourself because you end up putting your foot in your mouth real quick. Yeah, I, I can't wait till today, and I've almost seen it happen before. I'm waiting for Bobby to be in a bad mood. And somebody <laughs> just walk up to him when they shouldn't and not know. And yeah. just tell him to get his ass out the way or something and let him go the fuck off. Well, and, and the scary thing about that, you know, a guy like Bobby – they're so damn good with words. I mean, that's oh, why they man. write number one songs and, and he can do it right there to your face. Um, you know, guys like Bobby are never without something to say and they, they make you feel real small real quick if they want to. And so I'm thankful that those guys have an element of humility. I mean, they're living examples of, of exactly what we're describing. Did, uh, did you get a chance? I didn't even know that if y'all knew this or not. So for the round the other night, I record those and I put them out as individual episodes. You yeah. need to go back to listen to you and Bobby the other night on stage together with Jason Michael Carroll. It is fucking hilarious. The first I'm gonna go back from, and listen to it. The first line from Bobby Pinson is, "Hey, if you're a Democrat, now be a good time to go take a shit." <laughs> or if you're, and it's just like this is why I'm friends with him. This is why I connect so good with him. I don't like anybody. I, I'm about like Bobby. I don't like anyone. <laughs> y'all just y'all tripped me out on stage it was it was so good watching you up there with them the other night and i i didn't really know you played and it was good dude i enjoyed well the you know i i was i got sick a few weeks ago and um it's been crazy i still don't have my voice back I, i'm all got all this congestion shit going on and uh, I, I traveled like i said i've been on the road for the last month had not been home and i got sick on the road muscled through it and uh i saw bobby you know I hollered at bobby i said i'm in town he he came over and saw me and we were down there at the bar and he goes dude tomorrow night this round we don't have a third you're gonna do it i said bobby i don't have a voice man i said i said i, I don't even i don't even have my guitar with me i said i don't even have a pair of boots with me he goes i don't give a shit you're gonna do it <laughs> so i wound up I ran and got a used guitar i actually went and bought that guitar i had the other night i bought that used guitar with old strings on it and, and change the battery on it to make sure it would work. And then I said, well, we'll see where this goes because, because I can't sing and I don't have a voice and, and, uh, but you know how it is. I mean, when you're up on stage with guys like Jason and Bobby, I mean, they're such pros anyway, they, they take a little bit of the pressure off of you, but you know, Hey, I had a couple of tequila drinks and I was ready to rock and roll. So I had a blast dude. So thanks for having me up there. A couple of my ass. If you had as many as I had, you were struggling. <laughs> Uh, towards the end of it, I'm telling you. Well, I, everybody that comes to any event that we do, they expect it to be a party, right? I mean, yeah. anything that we do. So from the – we have, like, I only recorded an hour of the podcast on stage, and then we went to five writers' rooms. It's usually two hours, three hours that we recorded the podcast with artists coming up there to play, bullshit and talking with them, and then we'll do, like, a round or two. Well, that was a six-hour show. So the second yeah. – I'm usually off stage by two hours in and I don't have to do much, man, six hours. And everybody in there was like, Hey, congratulations on doing one year of shows here. Here's a shot of tequila. Here's a yeah. whatever here. I don't even know how I, I know how it's called Adderall, how I function to get my ass up there towards <laughs> the end of the night because I was done. I was, yeah. I didn't move the next day. I stayed out till Red Door was closed, and I didn't move the next day. Well, our buddy Vaden had kept me out the night before till 3 a.m., and so that was 
that was already my problem. And so then that night I didn't stay out too late after your deal. Cause I knew I had to, had to be in the studio the next day. And I said, man, these guys will kill me if they know I'm out this late two nights in a row after already not having a voice. And uh, so I peeled out of there and Bobby, Bobby sent me a text message. He goes, you know, where are you? And I said, man, I'm in bed. He goes, you pussy. I said, bro, I'm old, man. I'm old. I got to lay down. But yeah. Uh, yeah, man, well, that was a cool night. That was a cool night. That shit like that, that, that event was so good. It makes me miss being in Nashville like I used to be. And uh, sometimes it gets real tempting not just to be one of the statistics and move my fat ass back here, you know. Um, that was a good time. I can't. I, I go up there for a week at a time every month to record the shows with the artists that I have to in person. Uh, if yeah. I lived up there full time, I, I I wouldn't be miserable. My bank account would be for one, but I would be in the worst health ever. I would be on yeah. death's doorstep at least once a week. And I, because I, I can't say no to a good time, I am incapable yep. of knowing that there's women and whiskey and country music somewhere at any point in time. I can't turn it down. Well, I'll tell you how good of a night it was. Uh, we got into that deal, and I think right through the first song, um, that I was trying to pluck away at, my left contact lens fell out and I caught it. And that's that's how dried out on tequila I was. I caught it, <laughs> popped it in my mouth, see if I could wet it up. And uh, it wouldn't go back in my eyes. So finally, I just spit it over on the stage. And my girlfriend, bless her heart, she's in them shorty shorts. She's, she came up there. She started trying to shimmy her skinny ass up on stage, see if she could find that contact lens, showing her bare ass pretty much to the entire room. And I was like, babe, let it go. I got more contact lenses at home. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good night, bro. When, you, when, you, when you're drinking and singing your eyeballs out, it's a lot of fun. God. And it was just crazy, like, Jason has been on the show before. Like, he was on the show last week, and I've gotten to know him a little bit over the past couple months or whatever. But him and Bobby back together doing emotional shit was yeah. some of the most. I mean, there were people that hung around for that round that I would have never thought that would hang around, yeah. that don't stick around that long. And you are part of it too, man. You had people out there laughing your fucking ass, their asses off. Well, I get, you know, that's my thing. It's like, I knew I couldn't sing, but I can, I could definitely, you know, you know, do the chops when it comes to that. And I, Jason called me the next day. I had to drive down to Alabama. He called me the next day and he, he we were just talking about it and different things. And um, I told him, I said, man, when you started singing a list of lies, I said, you know, look, I, I'm a man, you know, I'm a red blooded American male. I got a little bit of testosterone left in my balls and, and I'm strong, you know, I still got some hair on my back and, <laughs> and I said, I was fine, but I'm looking out there. My girlfriend, she's out there. She's got her phone up and she's, she's videoing it. And I, and she's got this little thing and where her bottom lip, when she gets, starts to cry, that little bottom lip starts to quivering. And I was Ooh. like, I saw her doing that. And you singing Alyssa lies. And I was like, fuck it. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I said, you made me cry, dude. Yeah. He, he's got me. <laughs> he's got a song that him and this other fella, if you ain't met him yet, and I'm sure you have a little skinny. Um, Little yeah, a little skinny. Yeah, they just wrote, uh, and it's called um, it's something where I it's not where I find God, but it's along those lines, and uh, they just yeah. wrote it, and he played it on the on the show on the podcast a couple weeks ago for the first time. It's so good. It's not Alyssa Lies, but uh, dude, he tells his story while we're on the podcast. It's about Alyssa Lies when it first came out. They were going from Walmart to Walmart signing CDs back when you used to do that type of shit, and. He says mm -hmm. that while he's doing that, 
you would always get people that would come up and say how emotional and everything it was and all that shit. He said this one time, this dad walks up and he's got the kids right behind him and the wife right behind him. And he's just fucking squalling. There's tears everywhere. And, uh, the dad looks at Jason and he said, just thank you for Alyssa lies. And Jason's just like, yeah, you're, you're welcome, dude. He said, no, I don't think you understand. I'm the abuser in that situation. That just really tore oh, me wow. Yeah. And it's just like, please don't tell that story in person, Jason, because everyone's going to cry <laughs> and no one's going to yeah. fucking want to listen to you again. <laughs> you know, I, I've told, uh, I, I, I've told people for years, I said, you know, country music, um, is is a powerful thing when it's done right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is the song of the backbone of America, those blue-collar, hardworking people, and all the values and traditional things that we tend to think of when we, when we think of, you know, country folk, right? You know, those people that just kind of pull themselves up by their bootstraps and blaze a trail, and when they fall down, they pick themselves up, dust themselves off, keep going. Yeah. I said, it's their story, you know, working six days a week, go to church on Sunday, back up on Monday at the crack of dawn, doing it again. You know, they love their woman and they love their kids and they're just trying to put a, you know, put a dollar in their pocket so they can put food on the table. And I said, but then you add in eating, drinking and dying and you got country music, right? And so, you know, my buddy Chris Wallen, who wrote uh, Don't Blink, you know, which of course was number one song for Chesney for, I think, a couple of months. You know, he said, dude, if I could kill somebody in every song, uh, I, I'd be a whole lot richer than I am. And and I said, you know, that's the thing. Nowadays, you got girls in cut off blue jeans on a diamond plate tailgate on the back of a pickup truck that's backed up to a bonfire in a pasture while speakers go boom, boom. And she sips a little something out of a Dixie cup. I said, that that's not country music. I mean, I, I get it for what it is, but that's not country music. It's It's so damn watered down with that shit. I want to hear somebody cheating, drinking, and dying, man. And 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 a song like what that Alyssa Lies is. I mean, God, that thing will stab you in the heart, pluck it out, kick it around on the ground for a little while, give it back to you, and uh, strong. Yeah, dude. Even Bobby's the shave, the shave. Oh God, man. Let me tell you. First time I'd ever heard this song. I still don't know why he invited me back because we were not buddies yet. I was with Baden and Bobby late as hell one night at Red Door hanging out. It's the first time I've ever been around Bobby. And he's like, hey, we're going to go back over to the studio and pick and play for a little bit. You want to go? I was like, fuck yeah, I'm not telling Bobby Pinson. I don't want to go hang out at the studio with him at 4 o'clock in the morning. We yeah. get over there. I lost my granddaddy mm. Christmas morning two th- or 2021. Yeah, so, th- and he played me the shave a couple months after he passed, like early 2022. And so I was still not touchy that I'm still mourning or whatever. And I just remember sitting in that little studio or that little room with the jukebox and all that kind of shit. And I'm just like, how fucking dare you? (laughs) But now every time I see him, like one of the things that helped me heal with my grandfather was the shave. And those songs like that, the ones you were just talking about, I think it's a way of life. I think the reason why you love comedy and the way I do, and you love country music the way I do to us, it's more than just a song or a joke. It's a, it's a, it's a way of life. It's the shit. I still remember riding around with my granddaddy or my daddy 
listening to in a truck, hearing Merle Haggard singing about shit. And when I'm eight years old, no eight year old should be fucking singing about, but damn it, I'm going to. All right. And to me, I love a lot of the stuff that comes out now, but it used to be that used to be the whole album. And then you yeah. had like at the, at the very end of the album, you had the artist pick with like a gospel cut or something like that. And now to me, it's completely reversed what is released. It's the generic bullshit that everybody puts out now. And then the artist gets to put out that one heartfelt, touchy feely song at the end of that is real country music. Uh, so it's like a 10% vibe that you only get now when it comes to country that me and yeah. you love. And I just, I think that's so fucked up. I think it's, I think it's also politics. I think it's a lot of bullshit. What do you think about speaking of that? What do you think about the Anthony, uh, the Oliver Anthony guy? Well, that's a good point. You know, it connects there. I think that's what resonated so much with people on that song. I mean, if you look at it, half the music that was that was downloaded in the last week, half of all music downloaded in the last week in America was Oliver Anthony. That's yeah. That's fucking insane, dude. I mean, I regardless of what anybody thinks about this guy or or what, I mean, that's that's incredible. And people are like, well, I don't think it's just him out singing in a field with a dog. I think there's a team behind him and all that. It's like, who gives a shit, dude? Uh, if, if there's a team out there that can reproduce that, then every damn singer in America needs to be trying to work with them. Uh, yeah. You know, this, this was just something that resonated with people. I mean, lyrically. Uh, you you could I mean you go over to Belmont University. There's a songwriting professor over there that'll tell you that lyrically there's a better way to sing that song or write that song. But it didn't matter. I mean he just he, again he just pulled his heart out, laid it on the table, and said this is what I'm feeling. And back to your point, I think that you know country music specifically. I want people to tell me how they look at the world. Yeah. And every now and then, it, and, and 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 sometimes. Sometimes don't just sing me something that rhymes. I mean, anybody can rhyme something. I mean, shit, there's an app on your phone that'll tell you how to rhyme a word. But my, my thing is, tell me how you're looking at the world. And there's a good chance that if there's some pain in it, then, then I can probably look at the world the same way, too. And that's what I think that kid did in a way that, that just kind of kicked everybody in the balls. And they said, hey, uh, aesthetically and lyrically and acoustically there's nothing overwhelmingly about this guy in a field with a dobro playing his song but boy it just really grabbed the soul of what a lot of people in america are feeling right now so you know um it, it tells me that you can that, that 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 the you know without trying to sound too cliche that the soul of america is still alive at least the america that i see and that i value and um so it's an impressive thing i, I think is a song of the times is why it's so good I think if there's many other times uh, if that would have came out in certain situations that it wouldn't have been a hit. I think everybody's so fucking sick and tired of the way that we're having to live these days. I think it's yeah. just the right time for that song to come out. There's so many people that are tired of watching other agendas get thrown in your face and you having to be told that you're supposed to be okay with it and that if you stand up for yourself and your beliefs that you can't. Like you're, you're wrong for just like, I've had people that just because I don't understand if you want to be called a furry and you want to identify as a fucking furry, that's fine. But don't tell me I got to believe it. Don't, right. don't, tell, don't tell me that there's a, there's a kid in a certain school system that is around here. If you have not seen it, that thinks that it's a fucking cat. 
Yeah. Thanks is the cat so much that the school was thinking that it had to probably put in like a fucking litter box. And it was made a joke to start off with on social media, but then it blew up to where shit, if they really think they're a cat, do we have to make sure that everything's okay yeah. for this person? And it's like, no, no fuck. We don't. And I'm so tired of other people telling me what I'm supposed to believe. And then thinking I'm so stupid that I'm going to be like, okay, it's a cat. Like, you know, it's like, no, that's where I have a problem. I don't, I don't care what you want to be. I don't care who you want to love. I don't care what you do. I really do not give a fuck. I like my guns, my drugs, and my country music and my women. That's what I like. I think nobody finna change that shit. So whatever you like, I'm fine with it. But just yeah. tell me, I gotta fucking believe that it's real. Well, people are sick to death of it, and I think that's what with the whole Dylan Mulvaney on the Bud Light can. I think that's what set that off to to yeah. for corporate America. I mean, that's a historic thing that happened. Yeah, and people are like, oh, you're scared of a of a of a guy on a can or a girl on a can or whatever they call it. I was like, no, 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 no. The issue is this: you're telling us to swallow something that we're not gonna swallow. I mean. You, you keep cramming this down like it's some kind of normal thing. I'm like, we're not going to accept it as normal when some kids in the corner of the classroom shitting in a box. I mean, that's yeah. not something we're going to say is okay. In fact, for me, I'm going to make fun of it because I don't care if you're gay or straight or black or white or right. fat or skinny or male, right. female, he, him, they, them, she, him, or whatever the fuck you think you are. My deal is, and, and they're criminalizing this shit in parts yeah. of the world right now, where if you misgender somebody or something like that, look, You've taken all these years to try to figure out who the hell you are and what your pronouns are, and those things might change on a whim in the next 30 minutes. You can't expect me to walk up and in the first 30 seconds to know and you know how you want to identify. That's the most pompous, arrogant bullshit I've ever heard in my life. And then you're going to penalize somebody for getting it wrong. Look, if I want to call you by something, I'll call you that. I mean, just like I call you, just like I call Lil Skinny, Lil Skinny. That's his nickname. That's what he wants to be called. I call him. I don't care, but, you know, I shouldn't be penalized if i call him by his real name or something so and again it's not about disrespecting people the deal is is people like us uh the the system is disrespecting us because you we're giving you the freedom and the right to choose to be who and how you want to be go be that but but don't try to cram that stuff down my throat um because at the end of the day that that's going to backfire for you real bad. And if you're already hurting with identity issues, don't get around me. No, uh, cause, cause saying. it ain't going to go well. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% the same. My problem with the Dylan Mulvaney or whatever their name is that went on the can is, and I'm sure you're the same way. There's a lot of men and women that should have been put on that can and idolized before yeah. somebody just going through sex change. Like, yeah. I, I ain't seen Pat Tillman on a fucking can. I hadn't right. seen, I hadn't seen a lot of veterans that have actually put their lives on the line or firefighters or first responders or police officers. Yeah. Why do we idolize the people that do nothing fucking for us? And then if me and you sit here and say, Hey, I stand for this person. This is the person I'm going to look up to. And they're going to be a hero to me. I'm not saying these other people can't be a hero to you too, but come on now, which one really did something for you in the scheme of thing? Which one was willing to die for you? And you know, you're going to yeah. get mad at me because I have a fucking opinion on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what's, and what's, and why is my opinion or how I see the world 
different from yours? Why doesn't Absolutely. it share just as much value? I mean, I mean, I got feelings too, right? I'm I, you're supposed to respect my feelings and how I see. Well, the what, world. They, what a lot of people miss in my eyes, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. A lot of people are they're they're forgetting what the word supremacy means. Like, mm. if I sit here and I say to you that I'm going to, I I, I don't agree with you but I'm not going to say you're right or wrong. Like you're allowed to have your opinions. Supremacy is if I tell you something and that has to be right, or I'm going to belittle you, I'm going to be ugly to you. White supremacy is fucking bad. Everybody in the world can agree that white supremacy is fucking wrong. Nazis were fucking trash. Okay. Still, They thought that their opinions were more popular or were better than everybody else's. They were the right opinions of the world. So they pushed that agenda until they were fucking Nazis. That's what's going on right now with liberals or whoever, whatever you fucking want to identify as or however you want to say it. You're making your opinions out to be superior to everybody else's. And that's the problem that I have. Yeah, I, uh, you know, the reason I'm in town right now, the project I'm working on is because of, of my record label, which is uh, was started by some guys, uh, not the least of which is is my buddy Chris Wallen. As I said, you know, he's a multi-platinum songwriter. Uh, he's written for everybody from Montgomery Gentry, Garth Brooks, Kenny Chesney, you know, tons of stuff. And and, and so they started based records. It's B-A-S-T-E, which is kind of a play on the words. You know, they're, they're based, but... Uh, you got a little chicken leg for a logo, which is cool. But um, you know, based records, they wanted to start a non-woke record label that That's could cool. not be canceled because because they're not dependent on you know the power brokers' money. You know, they got the money behind them, and they said we can put what we want out. And um, the biggest thing is they won't put out real music. I mean, if it's a rock song, let's do real rock. If it's country, let's do real country. Um, not this pandering to the masses kind of stuff, but you know, we got a song that that we're working on that, um, that we got to put the vocals to it now, but Chris and I wrote it, it's called watered down. And it, and it just talks about where we've gotten to as a country that, that we're, you know, we've, we've had our asses kicked for the last few years with the COVID and the lockdowns and the mandates. And, and, you know, we've, we've just gotten to a point where we're so weak that we've gotten watered down in our, our truth is watered down. Our history is watered down. You know, we, we've watered down what a woman is. Um, now you got a Dylan Mulvaney that can come out there and supposedly be just as much of a woman as anybody else, which is bullshit. And, you know, our, our uh, country music's watered down. I mean, it, the, the facts on TV that you watch on the news is all watered down. So it's a powerful thing of, of you know, of kind of where we are as a country. But some of the things we say in that song, you know, uh, y- y'all thought, I mean, you thought try that in a small town with Aldine was bad. Uh, th- this, that ain't nothing compared to some of the things that we're saying in music. And, and it's what people need to hear. It's what they want to hear as well. It's so, you know, we started a, we started a deal. I, I kind of, people think I like to piss people off and maybe I do, I don't know, but I, I like, to, I like to provoke people. Right. Yeah. So whether it's through music or comedy, I, I want to provoke. Dude, you know how it is. I mean, listen, yeah. I, it, I tell people all the time, I said, you know, you walk, there's two rooms, there's two rooms in America. When you walk in, you should be changed. One should be a comedy club and another should be a church. And both of them are so damn watered down. You know, comedy ain't comedy no more. Church is more of a motivational place to go to yeah. feel good about yourself. 
And and I like to stir it. I want to I want to get people back to critical thinking and complex thought. And and if I can stir you up with music or stir you up with comedy to do that, and unless it pisses you off along the way, you know, you should know that first and foremost, I do love you. I care about you. But 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 I also I'm not afraid of you. And so because I'm not afraid of you, I'm willing to provoke you. Um, and if that provoking you pisses you off, well, that's your problem because you, you're too soft skinned. You know, my girlfriend and I, we started a, a company called um, I've got a lot of apparel companies. And one of them is called realwomensclub.com. I mean, we got shirts on there that say things like, you know, real women don't have balls and real women aren't men and, you know, toxic masculinity. And I'll make you a sandwich and shit like that because <laughs> because it was like, look, we, we want to remind people that, first of all, traditional roles, there ain't nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, women being women and men being men, there ain't nothing wrong with that. No such thing as toxic masculinity. People are either toxic or they're not. There's nothing toxic yes. about masculinity in and of itself. And so, you know, we do things like that, trying to provoke people and say, listen, and they're like, well, what difference does it make if, if you know, if, if a guy wants to dress up like a girl or considers himself a woman? Well, when a man puts on a women's swimsuit and jumps in the pool with a bunch of other women who have worked their asses off their whole life to get a scholarship and accomplish something, you know, uh, and now he's going to come in and replace them, take their place and steal their, their awards and their rewards and steal their recognition. That's bullshit, man. And, and we got to step up and we got to step up and say, man, we're losing a whole generation of people. You know, I always joke about the me too movement. Remember when everybody's putting the pussy hats yeah. on their head and walking around and I said, you know, what happened to the Me Too movement? That thing kind of went away as soon as they gave Woman of the Year to Bruce Jenner. And, yeah. and it's almost like those those women just threw their hands up and were like, fuck it. We're not walking down the street no yeah. more. I mean, it's a lost cause at this point. Yeah, we're just forgetting, like, a lot of that that I have a problem with is I like equality. I really yeah. do. I like that you should play on an even playing field regardless of what it is. It's right. not an even playing field in some of those cases, not at all. That the swimmer that you're talking about that came in and just beat the shit out of all these women that have worked <laughs> off their asses their entire life was a fucking joke. And you don't have to sit here and listen to me and you say it. Listen to the women that's on the podium with them saying it. Listen to the people that still don't understand why somebody got woman of the year that's not a biological woman and you have women right. out there that have busted their ass. Call a spade a spade. You want to give somebody that's transitioning an award, make a category for them. Mm. Make it to where it's fair for tra transitioning people to do stuff against transitioning people. And then that's what you got trainee of the fucking year. Like, yeah, let's just do that. Like, <laughs> let a woman get the award for women and men for men. It's not fair. And the lines are so blurred now. If you're sitting in another country and you're waiting to fucking invade us, they're like, oh, we got them. Like, just wait. Just wait till they got a tranny president and they're softer than a wet cupcake. It's over with. We're going to fucking get America and it's going to be done. It's not yeah. fair. Like, I've made I've made the comment. I'm not the dad. Like, I my daughter will be 12 in September. And she plays middle school ball and travel ball and all this shit, right? And I have made the statement over and over again that if some little boy decides they want to identify as a girl and they want to try to play softball with them, then I'm going to identify as a 12-year-old girl too. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to hit some piss rockets off of them <laughs> and remind them that it's not fair. It's not an even playing field. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, they'll find out real fast with stuff like that. You know, you take um, William Thomas, who identified as Leah Thomas. And I wrote a song when that story came out about him winning that championship. I wrote a song called I Want to Be a Woman and Compete. And I, I probably should have sang it the other night in the round, but I didn't want to really go that far to piss people off. But, but it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a great song. People can find it out there. If you just get on Facebook or whatever, just Google my name and, you know, want to be a woman and compete. Um, it, the thing went crazy viral. I wrote that song in about 15 minutes and I love that freaking song. And it's like, you know, it's poking fun at the thing. And Riley Gaines is a friend of mine. You know, she was the University of Kentucky swimmer who came in second place. Actually, she Boy, came first. Boy, me up. No. I want her on the show. I have been in her. Yeah, I will. I'll connect you guys. Time and time again. Yeah, I'll connect you guys because she, she's Thank an amazing you. person, strong person. And, uh, and hey, here, here's a biological woman. I shouldn't have to even qualify it with that word. But here's a woman who's stronger than a lot of men I know. So, yeah. you know, she, she's just a stud. But but as good as she is, you know, there, there were times when a guy like William Thomas, who identified as Leah, jumped in the pool. And one time he won the race by 50 seconds. If you're beating people by a full fucking minute, dude, that, that's not fair. I mean, that's, it, that's, that's not even equitable. It's nowhere near competition anymore at this point. And for, and, for, and for them to tell you that you have to accept that is the height of fantasy. You know, I've said forever, sort of tongue in cheek, but it's real. I said, you know, the Chinese are sitting over there training their men uh, to come over here and, and climb our women. And uh, that way they can be taller because they're going to come over here and rape everybody and start having big, big Chinese babies, you know, with white women. And what are we going to do? Our men ain't going to do anything. They're, co they're posing on the cover of fucking Vanity Fair magazine with their hands in each other's pockets playing circle jerk. So, you know, we got these beta soil, beta soy cut boys out there that are you know sitting back watching the world go by and bitching about something and probably sitting in the road while you know protesting a climate change bullshit while you know stopping traffic that's that's you know at some point in time men gotta step up and be men and say you know call this shit out yeah i'm agree a hundred and ten percent agree with you and like do you remember i don't know if y'all ever had any women like this back in the day if you were so good at softball back in the day they would try to talk girls into playing baseball, like around here. We we've yeah. had a we've had a couple. It used to not be where oh, all of a sudden I'm going to play down. It was an honor for you to get to play up. And yeah. like I, I've seen some girls. I still remember we were at an all star tournament, probably twelve or thirteen years old, and there was a girl on the other team that struck every one of us the fuck out. And we thought she was really list fucking. Oh, she was gas. I don't know how much farther she got playing baseball in her life. But she was a beast. And, yeah. like, I think there's something really cool about that to where she played up. And now you've got these guys that aren't good enough in male sports, but they know they compete, can compete in, like, excel in female sports. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go down here and I'm playing down and I'm going to make these women look bad. It's fucking stupid. And there ought to be grown-ass men grabbing them by the back of their head saying, look, if you, you can love who you want to love. That's completely fine. But don't take a scholarship, mm -hmm. don't take an, a trophy or an award out of this little girl's hands because you couldn't make it in a man's world as an athlete. Like, that's, yeah. that's complete bullshit. Yeah, that's people the thing. And, yeah, people want to say, oh, yeah. And then people say, well, you guys are being a, to intolerant. Well, I am intolerant of that. I am too. Uh, when, when you start replacing women, when you start taking away their stuff, um, 
that's that's not okay, man. And I can't believe that you know so many women are are applauding it and, and actually okay with it. And people say, well, who's doing that? Well, you know, Dylan Mulvaney. They just gave him a whatever a streamy, which I guess is for being viral or some shit online yeah. and uh, gave him an award. And and you look at the audience, this video clip, I shared it on my social media, my Instagram, Twitter at watch Chad. And I shared it on there. And if you look, it's only women that are applauding this dude is all the women are applauding and the men are sitting there trying to figure this son of a bitch out. And, and it's like, why are women applauding this? Why are you willing to applaud being replaced? You know, women used to protest that shit and now they're, they're celebrating it. Doesn't make any sense to me. I don't so, think it's you know, that's the world women. we're living in, dude. I think, I think they picked the, women no, it's not all women. It's not yeah, all women, but it saying, wasn't like, that obvious. I think, yeah. I think when you see rooms like that, I think they have yeah. purposely picked the women that are going to agree with it. Yeah, I agree. Cause the, Cause if you go to my Facebook, if you go to my TikTok, my Instagram, and I post anything about that kind of shit, there's yeah. one or two Karens that'll pop up and the rest <laughs> of them are women that are just like, why the fuck yeah. is this going on? Like, why, yeah, that's why, the are, deal. We, why are we doing this? Like yeah. we're allowing that's someone we, just to beat us. Yeah. Up. That's, that's what we started that whole thing, you know, with real women's club in, in order to support real women and get that messaging out there. Look, you know, Genesis 2.22 says God created them man and woman, male and female. He created them. I mean, that's that's pretty clear right there. And everything else, a violation of design. I'm not saying I'm not saying that people psychologically and mentally don't deal with some issues, but that's such a small statistic. I started calling this thing not trend, um, transgenderism. It's friends genderism. Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned furries earlier. I mean, we've had punk. We've had goth. We've had emo all this kind of stuff where young people are wrestling with who they are. Um, and, but, but this is a more dangerous thing. And um, because, because now you have, now you've got these people out there that are actually manipulating children with That's this stuff what, uh, and saying, well, do you, you know, do you feel like a boy? Do you feel like a girl? And maybe we should put you on hormone blockers. I mean, you're talking about doing stuff medically and hormonally to kids that you cannot reverse dude. And, and you can get into that. That's some that's some really seriously fucked up Nazi shit going you wanna, on. You want to hear a fucked up number, and I don't have it exactly in front of me, but anybody that's listening, before I even give you the statistics on it, go look it up yourself. Any child from a therapist or doctor or whatever that is under the age of 12 that has been put on hormone blockers or whatever because they think that they are a different gender, their suicide rate by the time they're 18 is like, fucking 60 something percent it's huge you're telling a confused child that doesn't even know who they are yet what they want to be who they love you're telling them because you're a pushy parent and you're woke yeah. that hey you've got you know we're, we're pushing your these woke families are fucking disgusting to me in the first place but it's like you're not even allowing your child who could be the best male football player in the country if they decide they want to be that by the time they get to middle school and high school you're telling them oh no just because you know you played with a barbie one time you're a girl like and then well, you're what you have them. yeah what you have is um you know obviously it's munchausen syndrome by proxy yeah. right where where these parents and, and this is what i've said we we live in a country america no doubt about it's been the greatest country on the planet and I've been around the world. I spent a lot of time in third world countries and uh, America's incredible. 
just just go to Nigeria like I did for a long time and come back and, and you realize how great America has been. Um, but people, people, they do have privilege here. They do have a lot of comforts and, and there's things that, you know, they've been told that you're supposed to be guilty. Like we're supposed to feel guilty for being white or male or Christian or, you know, being from the South, all these things I'm supposed to apologize for. And I ain't apologizing for shit, no. but I'm supposed to apologize for all these things. And, and whether people have white guilt or whatever it may be, they realize that they're so privileged that they can't identify as an oppressed people. So one of the things that people do is they start saying, you know what, I'm going to put it off on my kid. And I'm, this is a very simplistic way of, of explaining this because I can go as deep on it as anybody wants to go. But they start they start putting their kid. They start putting their kid through this this mental stuff. And and now that parent, if you want to call them that, they can come out and say, oh, I. I, you know, I stand up in their little school board meeting and say, as the parent of a child struggling with transgenderism and dealing with trans hate, see what you did is you just immediately created a way to put yourself in a victim class. And yeah. people love being oppressed, man. And if they're not getting real legitimate oppression, they'll manufacture that shit so that the world will feel sorry for them. And ultimately, in this culture we're living in now, have to bow down to them and listen to every fucking stupid thing they say, because now they're part of the victim class. Yeah, see, I just can't do it. There's something in me that will not allow me to back the fuck down. That is mm -hmm. why I will probably never be rich and famous and really don't think I want to be, to be real with you, because I think it's so fucking fake what you have to eat now. I'm not going to eat a shit sandwich and you tell me it's fucking steak. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And these people nowadays, I would imagine you're the same way. I, if you're respectful towards me, regardless of what you are in this world, I think you're going to be respectful back to them. It's when yeah. you start telling me how I meant something that I posted or that I meant something in a hateful way that I had no malice whatsoever. When you start twisting my words to fit your narrative and mm -hmm. I, I literally look, we've got a big following from the gay community that listens to this because of what I'm about to say, I do not give a fuck what you do if i wanted to wake up tomorrow morning and be gay i would be gay and i'd be happy but i wouldn't tell my best friends they had to be gay with me i, I don't i want i want you to live happy i want you to do what you want to do but you can't make me believe the shit that you believe i can yeah. tell people all day i'm a christian i'm not a very good one uh, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Sometimes I don't know why he loves me, but I know he does, right? I can sit here and tell atheists all day about faith, but because they've never seen or experienced faith, they're never going to get it. And it's the same yeah. thing with some of this other shit. I'm never going to get it. But if I sit here and say to you, I am going to be nice to you. I'm going to be respectful to you until you cross the line and tell me I'm being a bigot or an asshole or whatever because I don't agree with you, then I'm going to be yeah. a complete fucking cunt to you. And you're going to get the wrath of hell brought down upon you. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a live and let live kind of person until it starts affecting other people. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, I love sex, dude. I don't know if, I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I, I love sex. It's you like one of my like favorite things. You, see, you seem like the top. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. And I, even the bad stuff, I don't turn it down. But, but, you know, I've, I've often joked about it. I said, if I could take a pill every day and, and be and you know, choose to be gay if I wanted to be, I mean, that's just more sex, right? I could just have more people to choose from, but I'm not. And so, um, 
you know, I say that, <laughs> I say that jokingly to remind people, it's like, listen, I don't care what you do. I don't want you affecting somebody that, you know, that's going to be victimized if it's a kid or, you know, or even culture has suddenly got to bow down and use your vocabulary or something like that. We're going to push back on that. Yeah. Now that's not, hate. that's not what hate Absolutely is. Um, that that's, that's me saying, look, I love you, but let's not be stupid. Okay. Because you keep pushing on this thing. And that's why a lot of people out there that are gay. And again, I've, I've been in the entertainment industry for a long time. I, I work with and love a lot of people who, who are gay, right? Yeah. You can't same. be in that world. Absolutely the same. You yeah. know, I mean, you, you just, you can't help it. But the issue is not that it's, it's whatever you want to call it, the LGBTQ plus whatever that, that alphabet activist community. And that's exactly what it is. You know, I know tons of people out there that says I'm gay, I'm lesbian, whatever, but they're like, but we don't identify with that group. Cause that's, yep. that's not a, about equality that those people out there who are bitching and moaning about that stuff and really trying to put pressure on people, whether it's politically or legally or anything like that and, and preaching about all the hate crap. Um, you know, those people are not after equality. Those people are after control Yes, and they're not going to relax until they get it. And so I'm not going to let anybody control me. I, I don't give a shit about your sexual orientation. I'm not going to let any, I don't do good with being on anybody's damn leash. And so when you try to, when I feel the pressure of that leash trying to pull me one direction, we're going to pull the other way. If you identify that as hate, well, then you got an issue that you need to work on because, because that's anything but hate. That's just me saying, look, uh, you do you, but, but don't pull that leash and try to make me do you too. Yeah. Don't make me believe, try to believe what you, if I'm not doing it, you don't do it to me. Well, I'm not yeah. trying to put. I'm not trying to push the straight narrative towards you. I don't want yeah. you to be a straighty like the rest of us. I uh, I told Jerry like I wanted like I would love if I was better at it to do comedy. The one comedy bit that I've ever wrote when I actually sat down and do it, it was about finding out your dad was gay, and how <laughs> you found out. And at the end of the bit, I, I won't ruin. I'll tell you afterwards so nobody can fucking steal it. But <laughs> my dad's not gay. I'm not gay. It's it's funny. Like it's it's in a weird way. Like it's me tilting my hat and saying to you folks that's in that community that are cool as fuck and can take a joke. This yeah. is for you. I like you. I like anybody that can take a joke that doesn't take life too seriously. These folks that are yelling at people now at comedy clubs. These people that are doing all this other shit. I always say this. Do you know what fucking Richard Pryor would have done to one of these son of a bitches back in the day? <laughs> if they'd have yelled out at him, they'd have lit him the fuck on fire. Or he would have lit them the yeah. fuck on fire. Yeah. There's, Man, there's no uh, respect. There's no respect no. on the other side, but we're supposed to be respectful. Well, you tell me. I mean, you know, folks, folks want to sit there and say, I'm this. I mean, I don't have any alphabets. I don't think, I mean, I, there's, there's nothing that identifies me. I mean, my name is Chad Prather. Yeah. You know, I know who my daddy was. I know where I came from. I know where home was. I, I know where I'm going in life. I, I'm pretty secure in that sense of identity and destiny. I don't need to go out there and give a whole bunch of labels to tell you where I sit in what community. So the height of insecurity to me is when you aren't controlled comfortable enough in yourself and who you are that you got to keep qualifying yourself to the general public and get pissed off when they don't qualify you and categorize you just enough or exactly the way you want it to be done. So, so for me, it's like you're insecure in yourself. That's your issue. You deal with that. 
don't get mad at me because because I'm not helping you make helping to make you feel more secure. Ultimately, that's on you. You know, I, I can remember I was in Hollywood uh, with my longtime agent. Uh, he's a gay guy. You know, William's a gay guy. I mean, he, he, we, he, but he can take it. We joke around and stuff. We were in Hollywood. We were at the uh, agency office there in Beverly Hills. And you, I mean, smoking hot women, dude. I mean, smoking hot women walking in and out of this office. And one of the receptionists, she had to walk onto the elevator with us and use her little key card so we could go up to see the executives, you know, up in the private, you know, echelons up there. And she was gorgeous, dude. And she 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 walked off the elevator and the door closed. I looked at my little gay agent and I said, Do you see that girl? And he goes, Yeah. And I said, Nothing, like just nothing. That didn't that didn't do anything for you. And he goes, Not a fucking thing. And I was like, Well, at least you know who you are, brother. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I, I would have see, I couldn't have been in those situations. I would have got me too so fucking fast if I had any power. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not the one. Like I try to tell there's a reason why. I have to upfront with women in country music because that's my thing. Like there's nothing yeah. that I like more than a woman that can sing. It is the most mm-hmm. attractive thing in the world to me. I don't know yep. why, but it is like, it just, it just gets everything going. And when she's good looking on top of it, it's over with, I'll buy the wedding ring fucking tomorrow. But I make it very clear to all women now that if I'm doing a one-on-one show with you, we're either doing it through Zoom or there's six other fucking people in the room because <laughs> I'm going to say some slick shit and not mean to, but it's just yeah. because of I'm a man. Like, I know what I like. Yeah. I know what I want. And I'm going to say some dumb shit and I'm not getting me too. I'm not going to be podcaster. Yep. It's no longer allowed to whatever on Apple anymore because he hit on girl. Like, yeah. what the fuck? I've had, I've had people who tried to come after me for, for, you know, over the years, you you know, they see that blue check mark or whatever, and they they I've had everything from stalkers to shit. I don't know. You know, people that want to use use you your social media by running you down to try to build their own. You know, we were talking about that earlier. There are people out there who see people with a big following, and they try to target you because they get a following. It's a weird phenomenon, but it happens. People get a following because they're victims. You know, I've uh, I've had people try to call me out and say I did all this shit to them, and I say, look. Let me be real clear. And anybody that knows me, they know this. Um, I don't travel alone. I travel with a crew. Uh, you know, I've been in town this week. My, my longtime road manager has been with me. I got girls that have worked for me historically. I got girls that work for me now. They know how I am. Um, but I tell people, I say, listen, I, I've never touched a kid. Uh, I got four of them myself. I said, but, you know, they're all grown now. I said, I ain't never touched a kid. I, I've never had sex with a guy. And I've never kissed a woman that didn't want to be kissed. Yep. And at 50 years old, that's a trend that ain't going to change at this point. <laughs> I don't understand why people, though, that they, they, they go after folks like you. Uh, it's, probably yeah. you're, it's probably because you're wholesome. It's probably because you are the Southern values that me and you and people where we're from, we idolize that type of person. And people just are never going to get that maybe the South isn't all that bad. I try to convince people all the time to where I grew up. You could look at it from the outside, looking in and be like, they're the most ass backwards, racist fucking people on the planet. Everybody's granddaddy must've been a grand dragon and you're fucking next, you know, but because of where we grew up, we were learned to talk or learn to treat 
the janitor like the fucking principal or the president. Didn't matter yeah. what color or whatever race relations down here had already been over and done with. Like, and they're yeah. still, you're still gonna have hateful ass people, but you got hateful people everywhere. We're down here are more, we're at ease if you're different. It doesn't yeah. bother us as long as you don't force the issue. And I think people come after folks like you, man, just because they don't understand that you are that way, that you have the ability to say a joke about somebody that is different than you, regardless of what the difference is, because you're not saying it from a plate of hate. You're, it's yeah, literally, it, a, it's just a joke to you. Yeah. And you, and, you know, growing up playing ball, traveling around, you know, playing higher level baseball, like I did, you know, I tell people, I said, man, you know, I grew up in, in Georgia. I grew up in the deep South where, you know, my grandfather's generation and older, they dealt with a lot deeper race issues in Jim Crow South than, than, you know, my parents did, you know, my parents, when they came along, it, their generation was more about, you know, love and peace and understanding yeah. and things like that. There was still race issues. Don't get me wrong, but, but they tried to raise my generation to do better, to think better, to be better. Um, when I was a kid, you know, elementary, middle school, it didn't, it, I didn't think anything about having, you know, black boys over to spend the night, right. Or going over to their house exactly. to spend the night and then playing, you know, and then playing baseball, you know, you sleep for basically four grown ass men in a hotel room with two double beds. And you didn't think about what color they were or anything like uh, that. You, you know, you, you, you just, that wasn't the world we live in. And that doesn't mean, you know, those, those issues don't exist, but like, we don't think about things like that. Now, as a guy that's toured this country for years now, you know, I'm in about 35 States a year, man, I've seen more, more crazy racist bullshit in the North. Yeah. Um, there, there's more segregation in places like that than there are in even the deep South. Now, again, you know, we could go into the reason why we're seeing a resurgence of everything's race, everything's race, everything's race. But it's like, that ain't the real world we live in, dude. We were just over at Live Oak the other night, and I see men and women. I see black and white. I see people of Asian persuasion. I see everybody in there having a good time, enjoying the same music, hugging each other's neck, you know, and had not seen you in a long time. How you been? How's your family? And it's like, man, that ain't, you know, you go online, and, and nobody knows. They, they think that we're, we're all in each other's throats. You know, I got friends in Australia that say, man, you guys in America are kind of fucked up right now, aren't you? <laughs> it's like, no, we're really not. But but if you read Facebook, yeah, it would seem that way. Yeah, I think that's I think that is literally Russian trolls, 99% of it are trolls from other countries <laughs> trying to cause division. Did you did you know that the top 20 Christian Facebook pages were found out here recently that only one of them one of them was an actual page and the rest of them wow. was like, I mean, it's a Russian, like, what are they called? Mining sites or whatever that was on there. And they were yeah. pushing a hateful agenda from <clears throat> the outside looking in everything. I don't think we see, but like maybe 5% of the real world on social media, if that the rest yeah. is just, but dude, I'm a conspiracy theory nut. Like I, I think that we're just getting fed bullshit to make us act certain ways and all this type of shit. Yep. Like I, I really do. I think everybody is pushing some type of agenda on social media. And unless you're smart enough to read through the bullshit and have your own perspective of life, 
like and see how I judge people how they treat me, regardless of who the fuck they are, their stature, mm-hmm. their background, or whatever. If you're a good person to me, I'm going to be a good person to you. But I can sit here and say that all day on here. And then somebody will take a fucking clip from this show. And they'll be like, oh, Chad and Josh, they're fucking super racist. They hate the whole alphabet fucking army. Like, they're just the worst people alive. And it's like, no, you motherfucker. Yeah. You took what you wanted to. You changed my words into your narrative because we don't fit in your box. You said earlier that people like are not – everybody classifying themselves as what they are. I hate that because that puts yeah. you in a fucking box. I never want to be put it in does. a box. I, I don't understand why people want to be that. Why can't you just be you? Why can't you just be Chad? Why can't I just be Josh? And everybody just go on yeah. out their day and just be themselves. Yeah. And that's the dangerous part to take it even a step further is, is when you can label somebody and then you classify them, you can file them away in that box and you don't have to get to know them because you've labeled them. You didn't bother to get to know them. And so now when you pass by that box and you say, Oh, Josh Terry, I see that label. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that guy. And it's like, well, do you know him? Well, I know what he said. Well, what did he say? Well, they were, here's a sound bite. Well, shit, you can't judge somebody's life off of a fucking soundbite. That's not, that's not, that's intellectually disingenuous, but that's the world we're living in. Well, dude, uh, I probably could talk to you the rest of the fucking night, but I think (laughs) I'm going to leave it at that one so I can do one with you in person, if that's cool. Yeah, hell yeah, anytime, brother. And I got to get you on, got to get you on my show as well, the Chad Braither show. So people want to get into some, some of that political and cultural debate, uh, you know, the, the Chad Frather show, we're doing it. I do it four nights a week. So all you got to do is ask me. And if you want to know why I'm cutting it short, we got some bad weather that's about to roll through here. So you're getting clicky. Yeah. clicky. So uh, I saw the weather channel app pop up, but I will tell folks, uh, watch chad.com or chadprather.com either way. And uh, got a live tour schedule. Tell people come out there and find it. Cool, dude. It was a pleasure meeting you last week. I hope we get some beers and get to hang out again soon. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to get you uh, back and actually help us host and some shit with some of the Nashville big ones. I love it, dude. I appreciate you, Josh. And, man, I really do appreciate what you're doing, man. I love your voice, so keep it up. I love you too, bro. I appreciate it, man. And thank you for and thank each and every one of y'all for hanging out with me. And, uh, Mr. Chad, and thank you for listening to the Josh Terry Podcast.